Hello everybody and welcome into episode number 87 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading Galatians chapter 6 today and our focus is on not quitting plus the one thing Christians should brag about which is a perfect topic for Palm Sunday. I do want to quickly point you to our website, Bible2021.com. That's Bible2021.com. You can find a transcript of this episode and every episode at that website, Bible2021.com. Please visit it. I believe I have mentioned before on this podcast my penchant for Christian heavy metal in my younger days. I loved bands like No Innocent Victim, The Crucified, Officer Negative, P.O.D., and plenty of others. My favorite hardcore Christian band, at least at first, was a California band called Deliverance. They had some pretty awesome and aggressive songs that were always good to get you fired up, and their lyrics also had quite a few scripture verses in them. In fact, a lot of the scripture I memorized in my early teenage years came from Christian heavy metal bands. Now, I mention that because I can't think of Galatians, especially Galatians 6 verse 9, without hearing the band Deliverance in my mind, singing and shouting, We shall reap if we faint not! I mean, I'm not a Christian heavy metal singer, so I don't have that deep guttural voice, but that is our verse of the day, Galatians 6, 9. Let us not get tired of doing good, for we will reap at the proper time if we don't give up. Well, most of us are not farmers, so we might miss the metaphor that Paul is using here where he says reap. What does it mean that we will reap a harvest if we don't quit or don't faint? This echoes another Pauline command that we see in 1 Thessalonians 3.13, where Paul says, without the farming illustration, As for you, brothers and sisters, do not grow weary in doing good. Now, the fact is that doing good deeds and good works can require time and energy of us. It can be challenging. It can be draining, especially when we don't see an immediate impact from our good works. And this is exactly why Paul is encouraging us. When we do good to others, we don't always see an immediate result from that good. But Paul is telling us here that just like the farmer who works hard to sow seed, water it, fertilize it, and tend the ground, we too will see good results if we keep going and don't quit. Now specifically, I think Paul is at least partially alluding to evangelism here, sowing the seed of the good news and reaping a harvest harvest of people coming to Jesus. But this command in Galatians 6 seems to apply to other forms of perseverance too, because in context, Paul is talking about doing good deeds and doing good for each other. He's encouraging us that sharing the good news of the kingdom and doing acts of love and service for others will bear fruit eventually. It will have impact in the long run as long as we keep persevering. So the message is don't quit. Keep going. You're going to see harvest from it. Let's read our passage. Galatians chapter 6 verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. Brothers and sisters, if someone is overtaken in any wrongdoing, you who are spiritual, restore such a person with a gentle spirit, watching out for yourselves so that you also won't be tempted. Carry one another's burdens, and this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone considers himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Let each person examine his own work, and then he can take pride in himself alone and not compare himself with someone else, for each person will have to carry his own load. Let the one who is taught the word share all his good things with the teacher. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a person sows, he will also reap. 
Because the one who sows to his flesh will reap destruction from the flesh, but the one who sows to the Spirit will reap eternal life from the Spirit. Let us not get tired of doing good, for we will reap at the proper time if we don't give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us work for the good of all, especially for those who belong to the household of faith. Look at what large letters I use as I write to you in my own handwriting. Those who want to make a good impression in the flesh are the ones who would compel you to be circumcised, but only to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. For even the circumcised don't keep the law themselves, and yet they want you to be circumcised in order to boast about your flesh. But as for me, I will never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. The world has been crucified to me through the cross and I to the world. For both circumcision and uncircumcision mean nothing. What matters instead is a new creation. May peace come to all those who follow this standard and mercy even to the Israel of God. From now on, let no one cause me trouble because I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. Brothers and sisters, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. So, second topic out of our passage. If I were to ask you, before we read this verse, this passage, if there's anything you as a Christian should brag about, I suspect that many of you would say nothing, you know, thinking that there really isn't anything that is appropriate for a Christian who's supposed to be saintly and humble to brag about. And you'd be almost right, because honestly, we really shouldn't brag about anything. But there's one exception. As Paul shows us, It's a good thing to boast about, brag about, center on, talk about Jesus crucified on the cross. Now, what a strange thing to boast about. Why are we being told to do that? What does Paul mean by this? Well, we see the verse here, Galatians 6.14. Let me read it again to refresh our memory. As for me, I will never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, What's Paul talking about here? How should we boast about the cross of Jesus? And why is Paul saying this is so important to do? Well, here's Pastor Tim Keller with a wonderful answer to several of our questions. He says, what Paul is getting across here is there really is only one thing that's necessary. Nothing else comes close. There's a place where Paul actually says in 1 Corinthians, remember when I first came to you, Corinthian Christians, when I came to Corinth, I was determined to know nothing but Christ and him crucified. Now, this doesn't mean that Paul says nothing else Jesus Christ said or did matters, or that he doesn't really know anything else. He says there's nothing close to that thing, Christ and his him crucified. Let me put it to you negatively. It's very, very common for people to say that what really matters spiritually is not what you believe, but how you live. Not your doctrine, not your beliefs about God or about Jesus or about the hypostatic union or the two of the two natures of Christ or about the incarnation or the ascension or how many angels can dance on the head of a pin or the virgin birth or whatever. That sort of thing doesn't matter. You believe this, I believe that. The important thing is we all live, live like Jesus. The important thing is whether we love our neighbor as ourselves. The important thing is if we follow his teaching and if we turn the other cheek and if we are peacemakers, that's the important thing. Not what you believe, but how you live. Not what you believe about Jesus, but whether you live like Jesus. But that's not what Paul says here, is it? Paul does not say, God forbid that I should boast except about the Sermon on the Mount. He doesn't say, God forbid that I should boast except in the Ten Commandments. What he's really saying 
is the opposite. Paul is saying that what really matters is not as much the teaching of Jesus, that's supremely important, but the thing that he's going to boast about because it matters supremely is not so much the thing that Jesus told us to do. Again, super important, but what matters is what Jesus came to do. That's the thing we ought to brag about. That's the very center of his consciousness. When in Matthew 16, Jesus says to Peter, who do you say I am? Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who's in heaven. In other words, Jesus says, you're right. Then what do we read? It says from that moment, Jesus began to show to his disciples how he had to go to Jerusalem, suffer and be killed and rise from the dead on the third day. But Peter began to rebuke him. And Jesus turned to Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. Peter was quite all right with Jesus as long as he was a teacher, as long as he was telling us how to live, how to pray, how to approach God, how to deal with our troubles, how to love each other, how to get along, all those wonderful things. But as soon as Jesus says, if you want to know what I'm really about, I'll tell you what I'm really about. I'll tell you what I'm here to do. I'm here to die. Peter couldn't handle it. He flipped out. When Peter says, I don't believe that, Jesus didn't say, well, Peter, you have your belief. I have my belief. Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. You're in the grip of Satan. If you do not see the main thing Jesus came to do was to die on the cross. God forbid that anything else would have the centrality in our head, in our mind, in our heart, but this thing, Jesus Christ and him crucified. Wow. So those are strong words from Pastor Tim Keller, and they center us on that which is most important, especially today, Palm Sunday, and especially in this Easter season. The center of our faith, the crux of it, if you will, pardon the pun, is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Praise be the name of God and the Son, Jesus, for what He did for us on the cross. Let's close with our verse for the month, Hebrews 7.25. Therefore, Jesus is able to save completely those who come to God through him, since he always lives to intercede for them. Thank you, Jesus, for interceding for us and for dying on the cross for our sins. Good day to you, friends. Happy Sunday and Godspeed.